Tonight, let's uh, open our Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and uh, we will begin reading in verse 8, and we'll read responsively through verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 8, and shall we stand, please, for the reading of uh, God's Word. Once again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. So I want us to uh, look back at verse 10. You ought to know where this is. You ought to have it memorized. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body. According to that, he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So tonight we want to talk about the doctrine of the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, have a lot of information. This will be mainly a study. We'll see how it goes. But we all need to be aware of this. We need to know the doctrine, and we need to know the difference between the different judgments. And so uh, this is a major part of prophecy, and especially if you think about how prophecy applies to the church, it's coming. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All right, let's pray. Father, we ask for your help to preach the word, uh, that it go forth in uh, power, that you would place your hand upon it. It would be precious. It would not fall to the ground. You would give us ears to hear and a uh, heart to receive what the Spirit saith unto the church that we would be ready and uh, willing and able to do thy will. Help us to know the difference between being saved by grace through faith and then being a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The night cometh when no man can work. Help us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. So we're going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. This is Labor Day weekend. We're going to continue the theme of uh, labor. And so the Bible tells us in the doctrine what things, what is and what is not. This is so important. What is true, what is not true, and which is right. I've had uh, people tell me in the past, there are so many different churches. They believe so many different things. How do I know what is right? So I'm just not going to go to any of them. 
Uh, that's an excuse some people use. But shame on you and shame on them. If you study, it's in this book right here. Every question you have, if you will study and uh, labor in the Word and rightly divide it, God will give you the answer that uh, you're looking for. So there is a great danger, and this is strange to say, but we, we've all dealt with this in the ministry. Because the salvation is by grace through faith. It's not of works, and it's, it's not of ourselves, not lest any man should boast, because it is a free gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can't buy it. You can't sell it. You didn't earn it, so you can't give it away. And you don't keep the law to get it, so you can't break the law to lose it because it's free. And it's not free, really, because it costs the, the blood of Christ and God's only begotten Son. He became the sin of the world. But as far as we're concerned, it is a free gift. Because of that, there are a lot of people who understand this dispensational New Testament doctrine of being saved by grace that they're not worried about the judgment. They're not concerned about standing before God. It really doesn't seem to bother them. But when you look at the Bible, it plainly says in uh, 1 Peter 4 that judgment must begin where? At the house of God. It doesn't begin with the, the heathen and uh, the devil's crowd. It begins at the house of God. And it says, if we scarcely are saved. What shall be the end of them that believe not? So it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. If we think about the doctrine prophetically, what is the next event prophetically? It is the rapture of the church. Uh, Spirit of Antichrist, the mystery of iniquity doth already work. The rapture is imminent. It could happen at any moment. There are no prophecies yet to be fulfilled that would prevent the rapture. It is right before us. And so when the last soul is saved, the last member of the body of Christ is baptized into that body with the one spirit baptism, we're going up to meet the Lord in the air. And we ought to all be listening for that shout and the last trump. And it ought to be something we're looking for, literally listening for it, waiting for it, watching as we pray, even so come Lord Jesus. So we need to be salty. We need to be the light of the world, as we mentioned this morning. We need to understand that the rapture is imminent. What if it were today? You know, I always, it's kind of selfish, isn't it? No more alarm clocks. Some of absolute, uh, just think about how amazing that would be. Now, it's imminent. So the Bible tells us, you're not your own. You're bought with the price, the blood of Christ. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, 
which is His. And we're looking for the dead in Christ to rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together uh, in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. But every resurrection has a corresponding judgment that pertains to it. So the church will have the judgment of what? The judgment seat of Christ. The lost of all the age will be raised unto condemnation. They will stand before God at the, at the great white throne judgment. But there are many judgments in the Bible. The judgment of the angels. Know ye not that ye shall judge angels. Also, the church is going to judge the world. So the, there's going to be the judgment of the world, the judgment of the fallen angels. There is the judgment of Israel. There is the judgment of the nations. All of these different judgments, which are soon to come prophetically. But as for us, the next prophetic event is the rapture of the church. Are we ready? Are we looking forward to it? Now, once again, because of this human nature, which is sinful nature, danger of this mentality that because I didn't have to do anything to get saved, I don't have to do anything. And uh, I've had a lot of people tell me that. Sad to say, they are sadly mistaken. Now, two things are going to happen right after the rapture of the church. Now, praise the Lord, we'll be gone, we'll be in heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If you're saved, that's not fast enough. It's in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Two things are going to happen. First of all, the first seal will be opened in the book of Revelation, chapter 6, the Antichrist will immediately come on the scene. The literal person, Judas Iscariot, risen from the dead, a reincarnation coming out of one of the gates of hell. The beast will rise out, out of uh, the, the sea. This will happen immediately. Why? He that now letteth will let. It is the Holy Spirit in the New Testament church, the salt of the earth and the light of the world, that is uh, restraining him. Now, some people say it's Michael the archangel, but only the Holy Spirit can restrain from sin the mystery of uh, iniquity, this wicked one. So that's going to happen. This will begin the 70th week of Daniel. But the other thing that will happen immediately after the rapture is that the church will stand before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this seven-year tribulation is called the 70th week of Daniel. At the midpoint, after three and a half years, the Antichrist will break that covenant of death with Israel. He will seek to exterminate Israel, commit genocide, and this is called the time of Jacob's trouble for Israel. And, you know, I don't know how these people can uh, believe the church is going through the, the tribulation. It plainly says it's the time of Jacob's trouble. You know, if you're a Gentile, you're not a Jacob. There's so many verses that, that prove a pre-tribulation rapture. 
But the church is in what? Chapters 1 through 3 of the book of Revelation. After that, John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a trumpet and a voice, and he was caught up to heaven. That's the rapture. And you have the four and twenty elders sitting around the throne of God. They're already wearing crowns. They are already rewarded. They have already sat before or stood before the judgment seat of Christ. And then after that, the church is not mentioned one time. I don't know how these people can reach these uh, unscriptural conclusions. Well, I do know how. They don't rightly divide the word of truth. So, the many judgments which are soon to come will begin with, judgment begins where? At the house of God. So, this is a fearful thing. Praise the Lord, though. Salvation is by grace through faith. We have the gift of eternal life. Whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. Whosoever will may come. Good and bad. All they have to do is accept the invitation. But over and over we find in the parables and the teaching of Christ, sadly, most of them, they would not come. Or they made some piddly excuse, as they would say around the Red River uh, in North Texas. It was a piddly excuse. So, we are part of the kingdom of God, which is invisible. It is within you. The kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. But the kingdom of heaven is coming. This literal kingdom of heaven on earth visible, and it will be established at the second coming of Christ. But when Christ comes back, on his head are many crowns. Why? Because the church, right after the rapture, will appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and they will be rewarded according to what? Their works. Not their personality, not their talent, not their skill level, not their education background, not their social standing, not their gender of sex or race or any of these things that the world focuses on. It will all be determined by the works that we have done in our body. We will receive the things done in our body, whether they be good or bad. This is crucial. You say, well, as long as I get in. And I had a church member tell me this. He was a, a millionaire, multimillionaire. He said, you know, I'm not doing much for God, but at least I'll be there. Well, hopefully you will. I'm not the judge. But you're not going to be satisfied just getting in. You're not. It's better than burning in hell, right? But it won't be satisfactory. You won't be so happy to have a celebration if you don't get any rewards. The rewards are given by our works, the labors that we've done in our body since we received the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul referred to himself as a bondservant, which is a slave. Now, here's the greatest Christian that ever lived, given the doctrine of the New Testament church, he called himself a bondservant. 
He said, all I do is work. He said, I buffet my body. I die daily. This is the Apostle Paul. And here we have Christians sitting on their laurels, whatever that is. Uh, you know, instead of standing up for Jesus, they're sitting on the premises. You know, get up and do something for God, some of you out there. So in Revelation 19, it tells us that our clothing, our array, our clothing, will be composed of our righteousnesses, the works that we have done for Christ since we received Him as Savior, are fine, clean, white linen. This will be our ticket, so to speak, to heaven. No robe of righteousness, you're not getting in. If you look at Matthew 22 with the parable of the marriage, there was somebody who snuck in. They didn't have on a wedding garment. You know who that was. First of all, it was Satan trying to sneak into the millennium. He'll be locked up. But secondly, it's that church member and that worldly person who did not understand that being saved by grace through faith also entails the rewards uh, based on the works that we do for Him. So let me be clear. I'm not saying you work your way to heaven. You don't have to do anything to go to heaven. Jesus Christ did it all. Praise the Lord. But because He did it all, He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, we are told that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's why it tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 56, be steadfast, be unmovable, always um, abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. God is an equitable God. You look at the parables. He hires laborers. He pays them so much for their hard work that they do for Him in His kingdom. So we must rightly divide uh, the word of truth. So the judgment seat of Christ, who does it apply to? What is, what is not? Does it apply to Israel? No. Does it apply to the patriarchs of the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12 tribes? Does it apply to, to David and uh, the tribe of Judah? No. Does it apply to the tribulation saints who will be on the earth after the rapture of the church? No, it does not. Who does it apply to? We. For we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It is the New Testament body of Christ, born-again believers, it applies to us. And it says we must, not might, some, but all must stand or appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So this is why we should be zealous of good works. We should realize Ephesians a lot of people don't, they love Ephesians 2.8, for we're saved by grace. They don't like Ephesians 2.10. We're appointed unto good works. They don't like that part. So God saved you for free, if you want to word it that way, by grace through faith, so that He can appoint you 
to work. Now, if you want rewards, you say, man, that's selfish. Well, it's in the Bible. Jesus promised it. The Bible says when he comes, his reward is with him. If you want rewards, you got to work for God. If you want to get a reward in heaven, you say, well, I'll, I'm glad I'll just be there. Well, praise the Lord. That won't be satisfactory then. You, I, I fully believe that's why it says that Christ is going to have to wipe away the tears of church members, of New Testament believers. Why? We could have done more. We should have done more. We knew we were supposed to, but we fell short. You know, think about it. If, if everything you had burned up, you lost everything in a cataclysmic judgment, and every person you loved died, and every relationship in your life was gone forever, and every possession you'd ever attained and worked hard to buy was destroyed. And you, and you came out of that and you said, boy, I'm sure glad, I'm really satisfied, I'm still here. Would that be totally satisfactory when you could have saved your family, when you could have saved your home, when you could have saved your, your loved ones and all the other relationships in your life? I don't think so. We need to understand the motivation of the rewards. We must be busy about our Father's business. This is a motivation, not just a destination. And there's people that need to get right with God. If you want rewards, you better start working. And you better work hard, and you better work long, and you better not quit. So, to the work, to the work. We sing the song, work for the night is coming. We, we sing the songs all the time. We are to be provoking one another unto what? Love and to what? Good works. Good works. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, there are, let, let's look at a couple aspects of the judgment seat of Christ. Who is involved? We've already answered the question. The local New Testament church, yes, is a part of the body of Christ. This is who it applies to. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Doesn't apply to the world. Doesn't apply to the lost religious crowd. Doesn't apply to Israel, the tribulation, the patriarchs, uh, dispensation of conscience, all these different times in the covenants of Almighty God. It applies to us. Every born-again believer from the day of Pentecost till the rapture of the church must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So we know the persons that will appear doctrinally. Don't be confused. The Bible answers the questions for us. Number two, what is the purpose of the appearance at the judgment seat of Christ? It's very simple. Our works will be tried by fire. Not you, not me. Our works. All the things that have been done in our body 
some way, mysteriously, miraculously, at this judgment, will pass through the fire. That's why John the Baptist said, He that cometh after me will baptize you with what? The Holy Ghost and with fire. That's why Hebrews said it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Our God is a consuming fire. And what a tragedy that the fire of the judgment seat of Christ would burn up all of our works or some of our works, or most of our works, or a huge percentage of our works. So let's make this very clear once again. You need to know your Bible. You ought to know this. Romans 8.1, uh, we shall not come under condemnation. Praise the Lord. God's people will never be judged according to whether they're going to heaven or hell. We ought to shout glory, praise the Lord. If you've ever been arrested, if you've ever received a legal document that's very powerful, if you've ever been called to court, if you've ever had to hire an attorney, if you've ever known the awesome experience of uh, any of these type things legally, God Almighty promises we will never come under condemnation. We'll never be judged. We'll never be indicted. We'll never be accused of being guilty. We'll never be accused of not being found worthy to get into heaven because absent from the body is present with the Lord. We will never again be accused of our, by our adversary, the devil, and we will never have someone lie about us or bring false information. We'll never have any witnesses brought, uh, just like Christ was illegally arrested and illegally tried, and they brought in all the false witnesses. And we will never be judged of our sin. Praise the Lord. Shout glory. That is so great, we ought to want to work. Not to go to heaven, but because we love Him, and because He deserves it. And not only that, selfishly tonight, if you want rewards, you better go to work. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So the Bema seat, this is what this is all about, was, was taken in the Greek. This is the judgment seat, is the Bema seat in their culture. And Paul saw this, uh, and the Bible, God in His wisdom used Greek and Hebrew uh, in the, the King James Bible, the Word of God, is an elevated seat on which the judge would uh, sit, and major significant legal events took place, and then public decisions were made and public declarations were made at this Bema seat. So one, one aspect of this is that the judge then would hear the evidence and then he would make a decision and then he would give out his judicial awards. So, you know, we've all heard about this. There was a trial. 
after all the evidence was heard, there was a jury, and then the judge made a decision, and he awarded, right, we use this term, he awarded the plaintiff, or whatever it is, so much money, right? Um, that's what's going to happen for us. We're going to get our awards, which are rewards based on our labor. But not only that, according to the book of Galatians, we will then also be adopted into full sonship. So this is where we truly receive our inheritance. Now, the Bible tells us, I, re I read it again this week, that even though the son is heir, he's no different than a servant until he receives the inheritance and the will is executed. So he could be an heir in the will, but until the will is executed and he literally receives what is his from the father, he's no different than a servant, even though he's in the will. And at the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, God is going to adopt us into full sonship. So Romans 8 tells us that the whole creation groaneth and waiteth for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. So when we go up to meet the Lord in the air, we're changing a moment and transform in the twinkling of an eye. We will receive our glorified body. We will be adopted into full sonship at the judgment seat of Christ. And then our works are going to get tried by fire. Now, this is a very fearful thing because many will suffer great loss. Many will re have regret and remorse and tears and anguish, and Christ will have to wipe away all the tears. And I, I fully believe in the wisdom of God. That's why He said He will make all things new. He's going to have to give us not just eternal life, but a part of that will be erasing our memory. All the former things, it says in Isaiah, will be forgotten. So we can enjoy the glories of heaven forever and ever. So the Bible tells us that we labor, whether absent or present, to be accepted of Him. Now, this doesn't mean He will not accept us uh, in our person into heaven if we do not labor, but that word means to please Him, to glorify Him, because the Bible says we want to hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So we don't labor to go to heaven. We don't labor to buy a ticket to heaven. We labor to please Him. And what does it say in 1 Corinthians 15? He will give us a glorified body as it hath pleased Him. So as this body of flesh has pleased the Lord, the works we've done, the good works, spiritual, because of charity, with the right motive, we love the Lord. We don't do it grievously. We don't do it because we have to. We do it because we want to. The commandments of the Lord are not grievous. 
God's going to give us a body as it hath pleased him. We labor to please him, whether absent or present. So knowing the, isn't this interesting? The terror of the Lord, the terror of the Lord. He's not talking about burning in hellfire. He's talking about judgment seat of Christ fire to think about all of our works could be burned up. It's a awesome, terrible thing to ponder. Now, I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Well-known passage, once again, both of these talk about labor, work. So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 9. For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. So we labor, all of us together, who else? Co-laborers with Christ, we work with God. Verse 10, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation, here it is, can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Paul led them to Christ. Paul taught them that Jesus Christ is the one foundation. Let every man take heed how he builds thereon. And then it goes into the judgment seat of Christ. So look at verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon. So our works are building on the foundation of Christ. He, look at verse 14, shall receive a reward. Every work that passes through the fire and doesn't get burned up, you're going to get a reward for that. Verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So, it's possible not to get one single reward because it says they'll be burned up, but you'll be saved, so as by fire. I don't know where that came from. Saved by the skin of your teeth. Does your teeth have any skin? Saved. Saved. No rewards. Now, we've all been to award ceremonies. We've all been maybe involved in some scholastic competition or maybe 
some uh, sporting event where, you know, it's a competition and ribbons are given out or trophies, some type of uh, accolades. And if you're a tryhard and you want to win, uh, you're looking for a reward. You know, I, want a, I want a ribbon. I want a trophy. I, I want a place. That's the word. I want a place in the event. My goal is to win the event. And we've all lost. You know, I've lost. It, it hurts. We've all come up short. We have all got zero.